Yo, it's the circuit. Welcome to season fucking two. Here we go. I feel the excitement in the room. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by Little Bites. I just had one of those Little Bites, Carrie. Oh, you did? Um, they're famous for like, you eat three and you're like, where are the rest of them? Yeah. And the bag is just empty. Yeah, you got to go for round two. Um, so today's sponsored by Little Bites. We're going to be doing 2005 rap rankings. And we were just talking about how stressed we, we are for this one because... A lot of fucking heavy hitters. Yeah, man, this is, uh, I'm pretty uh, overwhelmed with the, what we got here. Yeah, you could really reseed any of these people, I think, uh, one through eight, and it all make kind of sense. Yeah. Um, but we'll start from the top, 2005, beginning of season two, number one seed, 50 Cent. Two seed, Kanye. Three seed, The Game. Four seed, Young Jeezy. Five seed, Lil Wayne. Six seed, three six mafia, seven seed, Gucci Mane. Now we've seen a couple of these names before. I think this is the first time games popped up, right? Yes. A couple of. Uh... And then the other one to pop up is eight seed. I put them all together: Swisha House, Mike Jones, Paul Wall, Slim Thug. These are important years for them because I don't know if they'll pop up again in next coming years. You know. No. I mean, Game had a documentary was a classic album. He has good albums, but this one was a real heavy hitter. And, um, you know, this is the year of the Swisha House, too. They came out strong, too. So let's, uh, let's see what we Well, we, we start there with Swisha House, really. And he's they're going to go up against 50 Cent, who's a juggernaut. Let's just start with Swisha House. They right. deserve a bunch of fucking credit. So, Carrie, some of the first times I ever listened to... You know, this Houston style of music was through you. You were bumping a lot of this shit. Yeah, Early, I got, before 2005. Yeah, I got really into uh, that whole Houston rap thing. Paul Wall, Chameleonaire, uh, DJ Michael Watts, Mike Jones, uh, Slim Thug. Uh, that was the first time I'd really been introduced to the Houston rap style of Chopped and Screwed. And I, I thought it was pretty groundbreaking. I'm sure it's been going on there for a while, but it was the first time really that I had heard it. Uh, and I really liked it because a lot of the early like DJ Chops type type stuff were, were remixes, and this was originals type stuff. Yeah. So still, Tippin comes out. It peaks at number sixty on the Billboard, which at that time, you know, rap's not doing shit on yeah. Billboard. This is like a random Houston record. It's got three rappers. I'm pretty sure this is like the first Paul Wall verse ever. Slim Thug and Mike Jones been around for a little bit. We have a couple huge fucking catchphrases. Uh, who is Mike Jones? Uh, that ended up being repeated several times on several songs. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much ran that right in the fucking ground, but Quick. it was, it was, uh, it was really dope at the time. Yeah. He also, Carrie, what was his phone number? What would? 281-330-8004. Oh. Mike Jones. And Mike it kind of like, he would make it like rhyme with yeah, Mike Jones. Yeah, it flowed. I mean, he made it work. Mike Jones apparently financed his early rap career by selling dime bags and selling T-Mobile sidekicks for an <laughs> inexpensive price. So this is 2005. This is kind of the, the world that we're living in. Sidekicks. Um, now, Swish, when I say Swish House, I'm talking about the label they were all signed to. I remember you telling me about this guy back in the day. What was his name? Michael Watts. Yeah, DJ Michael Watts. DJ Michael Watts and OG Ron C., they ran this label. They had all three of the aforementioned rappers, um, as well as Chameleonaire, who 
I don't know if he's going to break through in uh, the 2006 rankings, but this next year, that's when he drops Ryan Dirty. Dirty. Yeah, so. I mean, that was a pretty big hit. Uh, he he strays away from the whole Swisher House uh, team. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what year that happened, but he had a falling out with, uh, I think, Mike Jones. and So he kind of went his own separate way a little bit later. And he probably... You know, lasted a little bit longer than Mike Jones, who had still tipping. He had back then, which was another huge hit. Yeah. Um, I'm throwing all these guys together. Slim Thug, they were like one of the first people to just do the, the deep, lower voice, that ASAP Rocky, you know, yeah. those type of beats mm-hmm. that he would be using, that type of, you know, right. exactly Houston right. type flow. Of course, Travis Scott, very influential. <laughs> I mean, God, I hate my rankings here because they're going to be going up against one seed 50. What do we got for 50? You remember 50 and 05. I mean, in March, he drops The Massacre. Okay. Okay, so this actually, not even the first week sales, the first four days, he did 1.1 mil. God. Four days? Four days. Uh, that's not even a full week, huh? Not even, didn't even do a fully. Damn. 1.1 mil. These are the three singles. They all were in the top five in the same week. Candy Shop, mm-hmm. Disco Inferno. And then he also followed that one out with just a little bit. So the secret weapon for all three of those songs are like 50 singing voice. Yeah, he really kind of he veers away a little bit from like that hard gangster rap to like more of a, a pop rap. I kind of I feel like to, to more of a mass appeal. Well, he definitely fucking leans in on Into Club. Yeah. Likes that flow, likes mm-hmm. that style, yeah. kind of goes back to the well. Um, these were so iconic at the time. Candy Shop, the music video where it's like a bunch of women in a mansion. Mm-hmm. 50 Cent pulls up in a nice car. And every young kid who saw it at the time enjoyed all the innuendo, enjoyed all the, you know, the scenery. 50 Cent, yeah. And remember listening to the... Song, you know, in the car with, like, your mom and type shit. Like, yeah. This yeah, was, like, all-time, like, uncomfortable, <laughs> like, sex radio. Yeah. Which 50 was really leaning in on. Now, we also listened to more of The Massacre earlier. There were some deeper cuts that, yeah. that did go hard. Sure. Um, we're not just talking about The Massacre here. We're also talking about 50 Cent's 2005. We'll get to him in a second. He is featured on How We Do with the game. Mm-hmm. He is featured on Hate It or Love It with the game. He also throws fucking Tony Yayo a bone and gets on So Seductive. Yeah, it was a pretty good song, too. I think that he was feeling real hot when he came off Got Richard Die Trying. And uh, he just kind of came on the scene, hit, did Massacre, he hit all those features. And I think this is like the the year, like, 50 really rose to, like, superstardom where, like, he like everybody knew who he was. Like, even grandmas knew who 50 Cent was, you know? It's a bit different from kind of the underground right. vibe of yeah. Swisher House. Men. Yeah. Oh, then well, then, a Swisher yeah. House. Swisher House. That's, yeah. That's I mean, what we're. So, what do you think? You what do we want to go here? I think the crowd pleaser would probably be Fifty Cent. The thing with Swisher House is I like them a lot. How much of an impact did they really have on the game at that time? How many do they have any kids in the game? Do you think? Well, I'll say an ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky. You know, definitely set the tone for Houston. There's obviously you're going to look from Houston. No, he's not, but a lot of that UG... Uh, this is really UGK's area, Houston, but, yeah. um, you know, like I said, the chopped and screwed... Um, the we don't really switches. hear any of that type of stuff anymore, though. You know, like, 
You ever hear anything chopped and screwed too much, really? No. You'll you'll see it on a Travis Scott or an ASAP Rocky type album. Briefly. Or like Nav will do a deep voice type thing. Or um, So you want to go 50 Cent? Let's do 50. You got to go with 50 Cent. Uh, I, I like hate Swisher to. House. I hate, I hate to. to do it. I hate to do it, but let's do it. Two seed Kanye versus seven seed Gucci. So let's start at Gucci. Um, Carrie, you put me on to Gucci. I don't know if this was... In 2005, but I remember getting into your car, you know, older brother, and you're playing, you're playing Icy with Jeezy, you're playing Lawnmower Man, Deep Cuts off the, the tape, uh, Trap House. Uh, this all came out in April 2005. May 2005 gets charged with murder. So this is just like a classic rap year. I don't mean to sensationalize that, but it's almost like a Y&W Melly situation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he obviously has a lot of heat there. Um, when did you discover Gucci, and when did you start playing some of these mixtapes? Uh, it might have been right around that year. Um, it could have been maybe... It was probably right around that year I started listening to him, and I just... I hadn't really I hadn't really listened to, to anything like that before. And so, I mean, his, his wordplay wasn't phenomenal. I mean, he didn't have great lyrics at all. They weren't bars, but... The, 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 he said a lot of funny things in rhymes that I thought were good, like some, some things were catchy. Um, I, it was just interesting at the time for me. I liked it. And at the time, Atlanta wasn't super popping off. Not at like, all. Like commercially, and I know Gucci didn't have the hugest year commercially. This is like an underground, almost early NBA young boy type shit. Yeah. I hate comparing him to like people who came after him, but um, I just want to modernize kind of the, the talk here. But Atlanta was not running the show. Like, it was a lot of New York. It mm-hmm. was a lot of L.A. You know, you did have Ludacris. You had Outkast. But, like, that that style of, like, not, like, crazy bars, yeah, but yeah. just fun, poppy rhymes that you'd see from, like... Just rolling with it. It's, Chief Key. It's really the beginning of, like, trap like trap rap, too. Like People debate about this all the time because you have T.I., you have Gucci, mm-hmm. and... Fuck, there's someone else they throw in there too. Those would be the two guys. The only thing is T.I. was like, like he had bar, like he had the song 24s yeah. and he had. I've never been a huge fan of T.I. He's had some good songs. He's had some catchy songs, but yeah, I'm not really sure who the real king of the South this is. This is like, you like you used a great phrase, like roll with it. Like Gucci was really doing the roll with the punches type rap. Yeah. And uh, kind of the complete opposite that is... Kanye, who drops late registration. I just want to kind of drop you into 2005, Kanye. So in yeah. September 2005 is when he said uh, that George Bush uh, doesn't, doesn't care, about care about black, black people. people. <laughs> Next to Mike Myers, who's like, doesn't know what the just fuck to do. Just bewildered of what just happened. It cuts to Chris Tucker. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, so that's like Kanye. He's going full. That's like, 05 Kanye when he said that's that? That's 05 Kanye. That's hilarious. He drops this album we talked about. It's got Diamonds of Sierra Leone. Um, which is a you know interesting song. There's a political commentary there. He also drops. Well, let me just go through one through six on late registration. Okay. First out, first is wake up, Mr. West. Then heard heard him say with Adam Levine, touch the sky, gold digger, drive slow. I mean, that's a crazy run. That's a crazy track list in itself, right there. I mean. Um... <sighs> They just, uh, he killed it on that. We were just listening to Drive Slow a little while ago, and I mean, that shit holds up, you know? Yeah, it features a crazy Paul Wall verse. 
Um, it's a great album. Sonically, it's very luxurious. It, it feels like way higher production value than College Dropout. Right. Um, and Gold Digger was a huge anthemic hit. Touch the Sky had early Lupe Fiasco. Um, Carrie, is there any way that Gucci Man can in 05 can beat Kanye? Uh, I mean, that's tough. I don't think so. I mean, I think Gucci definitely set a tone for Atlanta in 2005 with his mixtapes and, uh, it's pretty fucking influential. It's when pretty you, influential. If you take you think a step about Atlanta, back, you think about, if we're talking song to song, Kanye wins every single time. But if we're talking about influence on Atlanta hip hop or just hip hop in general, a trap rap, uh, you know, I think Gucci Listen, takes the Gucci, cake with that. Gucci didn't have the production value of Kanye. No. This is real trap, real like low key, Atlanta yeah, like type shit. In like a studio somewhere in Atlanta, like no one's really paying attention. And the rap purists are rolling their eyes right now. They love late registration. It's, but it, I almost want to go with Gucci in 05. I think this if we're is, talking about influence. I think Gucci set a tone, like I said, and I think that. If he wasn't around, Atlanta might have been delayed a couple more years. You know, it would take a little longer for maybe the young thugs to come up and the rich homie Quans to like get on board. And you like, even I have think the, you put the Atlanta future, on the map. Yeah, the future before them a little bit. Um, this is the earliest appearance we'll see for for Gucci Man. It's two thousand five. So if there's any year he's super influential and ahead of the game, this is it. Let's go with Gucci. Let's do Gucci. That's a huge upset. It's a huge upset. Let's go six seed, three six mafia, versus three seed the game. You were talking about how the game's kind of underrated. I think the game is really underrated. I was just listening to uh, his album recently, and uh, it's just his wordplay is great. His lyrics are on point. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit in uh, in today's hip hop because I, I think it's maybe because he's a little older. Maybe some of the younger kids can't relate to him, but I think that. Um, well, it's very boom bappy, you know. He's it's real aggressive rap. I they remember, loved it in 05 because it was the gangster. He was a new type of gangster. Yeah. Um, it's really aggressive rap. I was actually listening to it with a girl recently, and she's like, I, "This dude just seems too angry. Like, I don't even want to listen to it. Like, he's making me sick." Yeah, like, so it's, so it's three seed the game versus six seed three six mafia. What's up uh, with three six? What did they drop in two thousand five? Most unknown, um, you know, did went to number three on Billboard 200. Um, it features Stay Fly, which was an iconic hit, iconic hook, you know, Juicy J, I gotta stay fly. Uh, and then you got Poppin' My Collar. Um, there were some big southern hits here, um, and were really rejuvenating 3 Six Mafia, who. It's an extremely influential group, even from the, the 90s in Memphis. So you can never you know, discredit them for that. Really, it all comes to a head. They were on the Hustle and Flow soundtrack in 2005. Mm, yeah. They won a fucking Oscar in February 2006 yeah, for that, that song, It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp. Yeah. So they won an Oscar. They, they had some couple hits. This is going up against the game, though. Who the drops game, the, the documentary? The documentary. I mean, I feel like from start to finish, that the album is fire. I just listened to it the other day. Start from scratch is a fire song. Um, West Side Story. Uh, I don't have the track list in front of me. Dreams. I think it's, yeah. it's called. Yeah. Like every song, the beats are fire. The way he moves on the beat is fire. Um, I think the fact that you can recount 
those many just like album cuts um, is a testament to how hot he was at the time. He was, we're talking about people who are searing fucking hot in every year. 2005, the game had like the, the tattoo. He was a gangster. Um, he felt like the next Snoop Dogg, Dre, 50, all that. Um, obviously member G unit. We'll get into some more shit later. We're going the game, game. right? He yeah, was so hot. That, yeah, I mean, you couldn't beat him. I remember bumping him when I was working at my job at Scrooby's Dishwashing, and it was fire as fuck. Now we got four seed. Now this is the Southern. Again, Southern really starting to come in, come ahead here. Um, Young Jeezy at number four versus five seed Lil Wayne. All right, so, uh, I mean, just off initials, uh, you know, I like Lil Wayne a lot more than Jeezy. I've never really been a huge Jeezy fan. I just, uh, I, know, I just for whatever reason, never really got into him. Uh, you know, I, this is the year I think Lil Wayne dropped the dedication uh, and the Carter II. And the Carter II I just listened to actually pretty recently as well, and I listened to that one from front to back, and it's just impeccable, I think. Everything in there works. It's just great. It's got it's got Fireman, which was a dope hit. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I got it pulled up here. Um, he also drops the dedication, which someone might be able to call me out on this. I think it's the first time we see like someone just put a full mixtape out of them going over just different beats. Yeah, this is like mixtape Wayne in the very beginning. He's just about to start like that. His whole tear with the Carters, uh, his, the dedication two, three. Uh, the Carters, uh, you know, all that stuff's going to start to come out. And uh, this is early on. We uh, we listened to a little bit of the dedication, kind of unpolished in mm-hmm. some areas, um, just because of how early it is in 2005. So the Carter too, yeah, you had Fireman, Hustler Music, Shooter, some smoothies. Um, Look, and you a, also have the, the dedication. It's important to note in this too as well, the dedication too has some Jeezy beats on it. And I think, and Little Wayne just tears Let's over. See, so dedicate. Yeah, this has. Yep, you're right. It I mean, he just tears this. over those beats. So the problem with Jeezy is that I think he's a good rapper. But when I was started listening to Wayne, I was listening to him tear over everyone else's beats, and I was like, I don't even want to listen to the original artist anymore because it seemed like shit. It seemed like bullshit. Like, why would I listen to some version two shit when I can listen to like this song just sounds better with the with with their beat? Listen, a remix at this time. Before then, I mean, was you got on like it was like Notorious B.I.G. and Craig Mack and like every yeah you got a couple. This is Wayne saying, "Yeah, give me your instrumental, bro. I'm gonna just the remix is now me just taking over your song. I'm gonna eat your beat and make it better." And that's going up against Jeezy, like you said. um, He got his some of his beats stolen like a kid, you know, at lunch. Yeah, I mean, um, by Lil Wayne, but he does release Thug Motivation 101. In July 2005, it did a one. It did 172 uh, first week. It's decent. It's pretty solid. It had and then what? What did the Carter two do? The Carter two did. I, I don't. I couldn't find an exact number on this. Let's see. Um, thing about Jeezy though is I remember at the time his album cover uh, for Thug Motivation 102. Snowman. No, well, that was his huge like marketing thing at the time, but it was a bunch of boxes on Thug Motivation 101, and apparently the story was that he uh, stacked all real money in those boxes. Oh, I did hear about that, yeah. 
But I also heard that about Lil Wayne as well, that he did music videos and he didn't know that like he didn't know that like they used like fake play money, so he just brought his own shit and they were like, dude, like did you bring all real money? And he's like, Yeah, like I thought we needed like all my money. I went to the bank and got this shit. So Carter <laughs> two first week out of album sales two fifty four. So he straight up basically doubled Jeezy, took Jeezy's beats and murdered him. Well, so Wayne's been around since ninety nine with the Hot Boys, and this is 05. So I'm just saying, Jeezy just he just came on. He featured on Gucci Man So I See. He also has Soul Survivor with Akon reached number four on Billboard Hot One Hundred. That was a bigger song than anything Wayne had at the time. I think it was bigger than Fireman probably. He also was on uh, Dem Boy. He was in Boys in the Hood, which was like a random group at the time. Um, okay, whatever. The other thing to note, though, anything- real quick to note, is that um, even though Lil Wayne had been around earlier than Jeezy, I think they both kind of maintained, or they both came to relevance and to the public eye around the same time. I mean, nobody, I don't know a lot of Lil Wayne fans that were like, started listening to him in the Hot Boys or even the Carter. Like most people got into Lil Wayne, the Carter too, and then when the drought started dropping is when everyone got on board. But I don't think Jeezy I don't know. This is definitely the first year of something new for Lil Wayne. He's gonna he drops We'll get to that. We'll get to it. Lil Wayne advances. Okay. So now we're on to the second round here, guys. Fuck. Um we have one seed fifty cent Going up against seven seed. I'm all twisted up right now. Um, so one seed against. Yeah, I guess. God damn, it's Little Wayne versus Fifty Cent right now. Five, one versus five. Damn. I was like, that can't be it. That can't like be our second round matchup. Well, if we're looking at like um, creativity, I'm thinking Wayne because of uh, like we just talked about him. Jumping on everyone else's verses and just killing it. Um, no one had really done that before. I mean, 50 Cent, I think, had sort of... I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like he started to he started to sort of to sell out a little bit and kind of just kind of like a cash grab for candy shop. I mean, I don't know if that's really his deal. I think he just knew that that would be a good way to reach as many people as possible and get a good amount of money. Like, it was a good song, yes, but I think that if we're talking about imagination and trying some different shit that we hadn't really seen before little wayne kind of takes the cake on that i mean done. what do you think done done right you sold me all right i feel you on that <laughs> i mean i like i was gonna say like this is tough but it is tough but i'm saying if we're talking done. about yeah, new shit like um so now it's gonna be seven seed gucci against game this is like tough guy versus tough guy East Coast, West Coast. East, this is a tough guy. That's a good like, rivalry. Like underground. Well, I guess the game. Let's be honest. He's kind of a fucking industry plant when you think about it. Kind Gucci's of. not an industry no. plant at all. Gucci's really out here selling drugs, going to jail for murder. You know, he doesn't give game a fuck. Game gets Dr. Dre co-signed. You know, Fifty Cent writes his two biggest hooks. Yeah. How you doing here? Love it. Two biggest hooks. Game hasn't really had like bigger hooks since then. You know, true. Uh, Kanye comes crazy on Dreams the Beat. Yeah, that's um, Timbaland. I think has a beat on there too. He gets a lot of help, whereas outside of a Young Jeezy verse, Gucci Mane in 05. I mean, he might be slightly an industry plant, but look, Game was really out here like fist fighting people in the street. Like what was that? He had Court 
And then he came back, and who did he beat the shit out of? Uh, this is later on, but oh, yeah, that's later you, on. You're right. You're but right. But I mean, like, look, Game gets a lot of like, I feel like a lot of flack for kind of how he acts and who he is sometimes. But I think that dude was really out here, and if someone tried him in the street, like, he'll fist fight him. Like, Game's like what, six three, and the fifty. I mean, he doesn't give a fuck. The thing at the time was um, he quickly disbanded from G Unit, so. This year, 2005, he drops the documentary. He's in G-Unit. And then quickly, they have a huge feud that becomes public. Apparently, some shit had happened at a nightclub. They diss the game. G-Unit disses the game at Summer Jam. He releases 300 bars and running. It's like a 14-minute diss aimed at G-Unit. So, he's out here dissing people. He disbanded from G-Unit. Which is tough to do. I mean, G-Unit was what was happening right now. Like, if you wanted to get put on, like, yo, if you had G-Unit co-sign, like, you were good. And so for him to, like, disband from them and then still do his own thing, is, I think is important. But I just don't think we could, like, run this podcast and say, like, oh, yeah, no, 05 game, yeah, bro. He was fucking more influential than 05 Gucci. Like, yeah, well, like, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes let's on Let's pump that. the brakes, like... That's game. That's what I was gonna kind of get to. Game had put it together a great album. Um, it was helped out a lot by Fifty Cent with the cosign that helped boost everything. He had a lot of good producers on it. But if we're talking about influence, I mean, we talked about it a little bit ago. I mean, Gucci set the tone for like what's to come, you know. And I think that's kind of what this whole thing is about. All right, man. This is gonna be a tough one. So let's just recap. We have one seed, Fifty Cent knocked off. We have two seed Kanye knocked off. We have three seed the game knocked off. We went we, with Gucci. All right, let's do right. Gucci. Yeah. I, I think we just have to. We got game's a great rapper, and it's not Jeezy. a negative thing against game. It's just more about influence. I mean, who did game really influence to you know? Then it was a, it was an all time year. It it even trumps like the baby's twenty nineteen. It even trumps like it's a notch below like Snoop Dogg and like ninety two, but. It's a crazy debut year. Gucci's just set like birth. He's coming so out with pregnant. new shit. I mean, it's just he's so. Pr- so my point is, we have five seed. Little Wayne. So it's O five Wayne versus O five Gucci. This is fucking nuts. Yeah, look, I this mean, is stressful. I like them both. Obviously, I I like Wayne a lot more. I think. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Wayne is a little further further in his career. I mean, you could tell in his lyrics that Wayne has like kind of figured out um, his flow and his lyrics are starting to kind of come together and more cohesive. His beat selection's a little bit better. Gucci's kind of just coming on the scene. It's not as clear cut. The, pr- the production's not as great. Um, they both have a tremendous amount of influence on the game still today in 2020. Well, if we're going like in five-year blocks... And you go to 2010, you'd probably say, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, Lil Wayne's way more influential than Gucci. Okay. Yeah. Get to 2015, you're probably like, oh, well, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's, you know, it's a toss-up. If you get to 2020, like, Lil Wayne, yeah. you might still hear him in Young Thug. You might still hear him in Uzi, just the cadence and stuff like that. But no one's doing punchlines really anymore. Nobody's really, like... God, I can't trash 05 Lil Wayne. He's he releases the first dedication. He jumps on everyone's beats. He releases the Carter two. This is so tough. Um, did I even mention yet that the Carter two came out December sixth? And then he said, "All right, cool." December thirteenth, he drops the dedication. So that's 
that's not like dropping a mixtape to prepare for the album. That's saying, here's my album, and all right, bro, like, let me just dump a whole fucking Here's some extra shit that I got floating around in my head. Like, I think this is when Wayne was decided that I'm going to come on the scene, I'm going to come on the scene hard, and this is the very beginning of that, where he's like, I'm just going to start dumping this shit in the streets. Right? Dedication 1, Dedication 2, then the Carter, or the droughts came out. I mean, fuck. I, I think the only reason <laughs> Gucci is still relevant these days is he um, he picks up on a lot of the younger rappers and he kind of hangs on with them, but I don't listen to too much Gucci these days, uh, do but you? I, I don't listen to much Lil Wayne, but I'm just saying if you turn on the radio right now, you hear more... You're more Gucci will be Gucci on Gucci influence. Sure. More Atlanta influence. And again, Atlanta had Ludacris. It had some like TI albums that were bubbling. Gucci... This is a time when Atlanta wasn't a huge deal. Um, yeah, I, I, I might like I might like Lil Wayne. Like these are the both guys on the precipice of like starting huge trends. I might like Lil Wayne in like oh like because you guys are obviously listening to this in order. Yeah. I might like Lil Wayne in like oh he's obviously gonna probably win oh yeah. eight, but like I might even like him in oh six when you start to get to like dedication two and to drought and yeah like when I, the droughts hit is when I think most people like the drought three like with the intro on um, black republican um, that's oh seven seat down low yeah like that shit blew everyone's mind everyone that I knew listened to that shit they're like bro like this is the dude he has it so look if it's between Gucci and uh, this is oh five and oh five look we might have to go Gucci. I want to go Gucci Man in 2005 to win. This is going to be fun for the season two it's premiere. Fun. Yeah, like it's, it's, he's doing, Gucci Man's coming on the scene, something new that's, we still heard today. Uh, and the, the podcast is all about influence. I think Gucci at this point in time had influenced the season. We're going with Gucci Man winning 2005. Guys, check out the Instagram, Cooler Times 2000. Brother Carrie, thanks for helping Later. me out today.